Hello and welcome to the Cards HQ Louisville Sports Insiders Podcast. I'm Dominique Yates, joined alongside Cameron Teague Robinson. We thank you all for listening to this week's podcast. Be sure to subscribe on the Apple Podcast. Be sure to follow along on our website or SoundCloud. So we look forward to today's show. We have Eric Wood, a guy that, of course, everyone is very familiar with in Louisville. Had a great football career, not only there, but with the Buffalo Bills. He's a Hall of Famer with the Louisville Athletic Program, and he's currently with the ACC Network. So we'll be talking with him and just get his thoughts on Louisville and Scott Satterfield because that's what we've been doing. It's just profiling year one of Satterfield with the Cardinals. So something that happened, Cameron, that no one expected in the preseason, the Cards are going bowling. So all you can say is that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, yeah. I just, Yeah, it's unreal. I couldn't um... – I don't think anybody believed it that would happen. I think we had Pat Forty. Our first podcast was Pat Forty from previously Yahoo Sports. Now it's Sports Illustrated. Yeah. Um, said he thought they might win one ACC game. I yeah. mean, and Eric Wood will tell you his thoughts on it, um, kind of what he thought during the year, but he didn't think this either. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think some people probably went out on a limb to say Louisville would make a bowl game, and now they look like they're right. But I don't think really anyone rationally Deep thought down. this would happen. Yeah, yeah. it's. It's been it's unreal that they've been able to turn this around so fast. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sure there were fans that said, "Oh, yeah, they're going to win eight, nine games," yeah. but it's a fan. Yeah, Every exactly. fan is going to say that. So, just the fact that yeah, it really did happen, but just the way that they've improved as game by game. You know, yeah, you can look at the defense and say, "Oh, that's been iffy at times." The offense, there's been some times where it hasn't been pretty, and the penalties and all types of different things, but. They are finding ways to win, and that NC State game I, yeah. really told the story. Yeah, I think that's the biggest. I, I would because you could argue three hat. So I'm trying to do math in my head. Six the six quarters of football, Miami, the first two quarters against NC State, they took a massive step back from where they were before the bye Definitely, defense was bad. Offensive line was struggling without Makai. Penalties, starts, special and, yeah. teams was terrible. And like I remember talking to somebody in the press box, thinking like, did something happen? Yeah, during the bye week that we don't know about. Yeah. Um, and then at halftime, it's just a flip of a – it's almost like a flip – they flip a switch. Yeah, they come out, to, out at halftime, Tucci gets a 74-yard touchdown catch from Mikhail Cunningham. Yeah. Next play is an interception, and then two plays later is a touchdown. It just, like, immediately changed. Um, and I think that is the whole kind of embodiment of this season. Is I think last year, this team, anytime adversity hit, they, they fell. They didn't fight back. They just kind of let things go. This year, and I think this has a lot to do with Satterfield on his staff and how calm he is and how he doesn't really change his demeanor. No. Um, but they don't get rattled by adversity. I think it's very easy for them after the Miami game and after that first half against the NC State to just say, all right, whatever, let's try to be at ball well next week. Um, but they don't get rattled. And I think they said it at halftime at, of that game. It was very calm, not, nobody really yelling, nothing really kind of over the top. Um, they just knew they had a chance to come back out there and win the game, and they dominated in the second half against it. Now, to be fair, a very bad NC State team. Fair. If Louisville plays that type of first half against anybody other than NC State and probably Syracuse, they lose that. They probably are down way more than three points at halftime. Right. But you got to give them credit for being able to come back and dominate the way they did. It is credit, and and that's the thing. You know, sometimes people have tried to take away what Louisville has done at times, and. They try to downplay, like, oh, the ACC is bad, it's Clemson and everyone else, or they still haven't played good football. They, You can't do that because this team was 2-10, and 0-8 yeah. in the ACC. Just to find ways to win is good enough. Finding ways to win, it doesn't matter who because I just think in the preseason people were asking me my predictions and all that. I said, well, yeah, they'll beat Eastern, they'll beat Western, 
and maybe they'll beat like Boston College, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. But they're six and four. Regardless, they'll finish 500 or better in the ACC. They have a spot. A, they're in position to be maybe the second, third best team in the ACC. Maybe somewhere second, in that. They could be second in the Atlantic. Yes, uh, they in the division. Yeah, in the Atlantic in the division. They can't be second in the ACC. Right. Um, but I guess in terms of yeah, the division. Yeah. Right, because right. right there below Clemson. Right. But. And even then, you know, you look at the opposite division. The Coastal, I mean, they beat Virginia. They yeah. were beating Wake Forest. You know, so they're still playing some good football at times, and they still were able to get it done on the road. So it just it speaks volumes for what this program has done. Granted, they still want to win two more games, but even if they don't, there still is a third guaranteed football game. And for this team that, like I said, were really bad last year, they have a lot of young players they're going to get the chance to play football into December. Right. It's great for them moving forward. Oh, and it's great. And it's, this is maybe a different topic that we touch on later, but um, at like a later date. But it's great for recruiting in oh, terms yeah. of just being able to play into December. Like obviously the the national signing day is in the middle of bowl season, which is not ideal. Mm-hmm. But like you have a chance to put yourself on a national stage, win or lose. After winning two games last year, it's just good for recruits to see Louisville back in a bowl game. I think yeah. it's the 18th time in the last 22 seasons that they'll be in a bowl game. I mean, this is what Louisville does. Yeah. Um, but you miss it last year, um, so it, it just it's good to see, it's good to see them back in it in terms of a recruiting and national perspective. Yeah, I mean, and you get on Twitter now, you see a lot of players that were originally committed to schools, and they've decommitted from those schools. They're visiting Louisville, so. Satterfield and that staff, they're getting these guys on campus. They're selling them on the program. But then just get on social media. You see all the celebration videos. You see them having fun. You see Vince Tyree wearing a cardinal head. You know, so they're really doing a good job of selling the program. Like, hey, it's taking a step in the right direction. And and that's what happened. I mean, you've seen some kids flip. The Jordan Watkins of the world, like he flipped. And there's other kids. that Patrick. Yeah, so a lot of kids. A lot of receivers, which is what it's really been. Um but yeah, no, I and I think some interesting for the NC State game is, I think a lot of people think like bowl eligibility is it is what it is like it's not over exciting because bowl games really don't mean much and that's I think that's true in a certain extent. But for this team and especially the seniors, that win against NC State meant a lot more than just going to a bowl game. It was yeah. like for them, and Gigi Robinson said this after the game is that he said like he had been to three bowl games. I mean he's going into he's a fifth year senior, yeah. Um, so he had been to three to three bowl games already. So. But after last year, he was like, "Man, last year was so bad that I forgot I'd even been to one." Yeah. Um. So like that 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 day, that moment, that celebration meant a lot to those guys after what they've been through last year. Yeah. Um. But not only that, you proved the doubters wrong. You yeah. proved the media wrong. You proved probably other teams wrong. You know, you did something that was not expected. So yeah, I'm sure it's very rewarding. So now, regardless, now, now that the, now they're the, going to play in a bowl game, right? Now the thing is, you just you can't. I mean, you can't let up. No, because right? you because you, you let up, you're going to end up probably in some real bad bowl. Like you don't want to go to a bad bowl. I mean, I think bowl, going to bowl regardless is nice, but like you want to go to a higher tier bowl. I think if they went beat Syracuse, they'll finish second in the Atl- in the Atlantic Division, which is kind of funny because they are picked to finish last, and Syracuse is picked to finish second. So if Louisville beat Syracuse, Syracuse will finish last in the division and Louisville will be second. I think just kind of think that's funny. Oh, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I think you, you want to finish out these two. And I think – and I generally think, like, a lot of people think, like, Coach Coach Speak is like, now we got to focus on Syracuse and we got to focus on Kentucky after that. Let I tell you – I no joke when I tell you this. I was standing in the hallway outside the locker room before the press conference just because I kind of wanted to get a sense of everything that was going on. And there were coaches coming out of the locker room after the celebration yelling two more. 
Yeah. Like, I'm not, this is no, this is can't be any longer than 15 minutes after the game when they're just, they're celebrating in the locker room. Like, they, they, they are focused on these next two games. I'm um, finishing the season out strong. I went into the bowl game. Sure. It's it's funny you bring that up because that was what Scott Satterfield said on Monday. Just say hey, you're moving forward. It was a short celebration. You're getting ready for Syracuse. So let's roll a little bit of that sound. When you put that game to bed. You know it's all Syracuse after that practice, and that's kind of what we did all last night and what we're doing all day today. We get on the practice field tomorrow. You know, so so you really you really celebrate that that. You know, a few hours after the game, you know, you play a late game, it's, it's very short, short-lived. And um, that's just the way this, 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 this way it is for college football. So, and I like that. I like the fact that you can put those games to bed, win or lose, and you move on to the next week. I do want to touch on this. We've talked about it. The more he wins, the more he turns heads, the more he impresses, the more his name comes up in the coaching chatter. Right. It's something that fans don't want to hear, especially after year one. I mean, the First season isn't even over yet. Right. Fans don't want to hear it, but it's part of the game. This is what happens. When coaches win, other schools are interested in you. And has Satterfield's name come up a lot? No, not necessarily. You know, in Just that like on Twitter stuff. Twitter stuff and like the Florida State blog, you know, like his was one of like 15, 20 names that came up. Mark Stoops' name came up as well. Bob Stoops. Urban Meyer, you know, Deion Sanders' name is in the mix for Florida State. So, obviously, there's no surprises that they would throw Satterfield's name in there. But he seems pretty clear on he's not worried about it. He's only focused on Louisville. Yeah. And it's something that, I mean, quite frankly, you can say sorry fans, but it's not going away anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, and I don't think if you're a fan base, you don't want it to go away. Because if it does, it means your coach is not doing well. You want your coach's name to be out there. Now, you don't want him to leave. And I don't, I don't think Scott Satterfield leaves after year one. No. One, because I don't think there's a job out there open that really fits what he wants, at least at the moment. No. Um, and two, I think he has a good thing going here, and I don't think he's the type of guy to leave, sh- to jump ship after one successful year. Yeah. I think he genuinely likes being in Louisville. I think he genuinely likes these guys. Um, yeah. And the, the guys the kid, the guys trust him. Um, so, yeah. um, but I think that as a fan, if you, if your coach isn't in a in a the pool of names being thrown around at the end of every season then it means you're not doing well right. um so uh, or or even if your coordinators are like i think maybe after this year you might hear Dwayne leopard's name come up yeah because uh, he's done a really good job he's a seven finalist for burroughs award which goes to the nation's top top assistant coach um so if you hear his name come up you, you can't really be scared just got to be happy that he's doing well i don't think Dwayne leopard leaves unless it's a really good job somewhere else but, yeah, um, you look at that him, maybe Gunnar Brewer might get a shot back in the NFL because yeah. he's done good with the receiver. You know, so, yeah, yeah. that's just part of it. Right, that yeah. is college football, right. so that's just going to be the well, name of the game. People are going to look at your coaches. Yes. I don't, I don't see anybody in any of this coaching staff leaving after one year. I don't I don't look at that. I don't worry about that. I just, uh, I just I'm just trying to, to be good today, whatever I can do today to be good. I it's kind of like you know when when you guys ask me how many wins are we going to get, and I, I don't know. I just we just want to be consistent, be consistently good, and that's what I want to be as a head coach, consistently uh, bringing it every day to try to help this football team. And I don't worry about that stuff. I think, you know, when you're doing your job, then think and you're doing a good job, then things are good are going to happen for you. And um, I've always been that way. Um, when I first started coaching back in '98, coaching wide receivers, just do your job, do the best you can do, and then hopefully things will have, work out for you the best. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with that. All right, joining us now on the Louisville Sports Insiders podcast, the man needs no introduction. A Louisville Hall of Famer had a great NFL career. That is Eric Wood. Eric, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? 
I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We appreciate the time. So let's get right into it. Hall of Famer. You just had that news a few weeks ago. You were inducted into the Louisville Athletic Hall of Fame. What does that mean to you that people appreciate and respect what you did? And you're a Hall of Famer. Yeah, it's extremely humbling. And when Vince first called me and let me know the news and told me who I was going in with, I, I truly couldn't believe it. Didn't feel quite worthy to go in with the likes of Francis Garcia and Angel McCautry and the yeah. other athletes that were um, – it's an honor and and to be the first of our class that came in you know we had so many guys around our time with mike bush and brian brahm and guys that had long careers harry douglas brown g community elvis duberville all these guys um you know to me it was a, a special honor eric and i know when you came to louisville um there wasn't you didn't have a lot uh, any other offers obviously at louisville kind of was the place i took the chance on you just for when you, from kind of looking back at when you started your career, how much do you feel like that time here at Louisville kind of shaped how, how what you've been able to do over the course of your next your NFL career and then after that as well? Oh, it shaped it tremendously. And, and I was so fortunate that my one scholarship offer came to the University of Louisville. And, um, you know, God's kind of funny with his plans, but he sticks me in a spot where I can go in and I start as a registered freshman on the offensive line and I get to learn from, coaches like Mike Summers, my offensive line coach, and Bobby Petrino was the head coach, and Jeff Brahms, the offensive coordinator, and QB's coach, and uh, sorry, Paul Petrino, who's now the head coach at Idaho, was our offensive coordinator, and we just, and Greg Nord was on staff on offense, we just had so many great coaches, um, and I was just fortunate to be a part of it. Yeah, Eric, now we were, earlier this season we were able to talk with another fellow Louisville person who is also in the broadcasting world Katie George and she kind of broke down just what her life is like now just the routines of getting prepared for games and just the day-to-day basis so could you kind of do a thing similar to what you do can you kind of break down what your world and your life is like now especially being in the broadcasting world yeah, it's busy. It's a lot of travel, yeah. and uh, but I'm enjoying it. I'm doing the ACC Network, and I'm doing Buffalo Bills. Um, I'm the radio analyst. So for me, a lot of weeks, um, you know, I'll travel to location for ACC on Thursday. Um, we'll have meetings with the coaches and whatnot on Fridays, do the game Saturday. And then uh, Wes Durham, my play-by-play guy, he does Falcons radio as well. So we are supposed to always be on an early game so we can fly out that night, be on location for the NFL game the night before, and then do the, the game the next day. And if it's a Bills home game, um, I do extra media work up there on Monday, and I get back to Louisville Monday night. If not, if it's an away game, a lot of times I've been able to get home uh, Sunday night, which is nice, um, and then just do that extra media work remotely from my office in Louisville. And then throughout the week, it's – um, reading articles, it's watching film, it's uh, making phone calls and production calls and, and whatever it may be all week to prep for it. Um, but it's been a blessing. I, I'm enjoying being back around the game. Um, I'm really enjoying my time up in Buffalo and getting back involved with that community after taking a year off and, and being away for a year. And then with the ACC Network, to be able to cover the conference that my alma mater's in, um, and, and to focus on one conference is is a really cool deal. If you, a lot of people in college football, they get shipped all around the country and yeah. don't really get to hone in on a on a specific conference, a conference on specific teams. Well, this makes the prep a little bit easier, and you get to know these players, you get to know these coaches, and it's been 
really cool for me. Uh, Eric, I know, I know you mentioned obviously your your ties to the ACC network and focusing on one conference. I probably the surprise team of the conference has been Louisville, your alma mater, and just. I think we talked back at ACC Media Days, and you were high on what Coach Satterfield was building and what they were doing. Just what has been your impressions of what they've done now that you've actually been able to see them on the field? Yeah, well, we talked back at ACC Media Day, Cameron. I would have never guessed that uh, they would have six wins with two games to go. Yeah, yeah. and it's because because to me, it just seemed like a much longer rebuild. I guess I underestimated the talent that they had in that building, and maybe I underestimated uh, my buddy Satterfield's coaching ability. But, um, no, they're, they're doing a remarkable job. And it shows what can happen with the program when they have complete buy-in and everybody's on the same page and the effort's high every single Saturday. And, and, and yes, they, they've gotten beat this year, and, and they've gotten beat badly at times, and then they rebound. You know, you go down to Miami – um, and, and take the loss they did down there and fall behind on the road the following week to NC State. That's that's an easy time for a team to quit, and I, sh- I think it shows their resolve as a team to be able to come out and have an excellent second half and actually end up beating NC State by, by multiple scores. So um, the job that Coach Satterfield, his staff, um, and I also want to give credit to the players as well, the job that collectively they've done in that program has just been phenomenal. You mentioned the NC State game. As someone who's played this game and have has had bad losses like the Miami game, how hard is it to come back um, and then have the performance they did in that second half against NC State after struggling for three halves like that? Yeah, it can be tough. And, and you lose confidence and, and you know, you, you, you kind of revert back to some of the stuff that got them last year. And when, when a season starts to steamroll and momentum's against you, it's easy to kind of throw in the towel. But um, they did a remarkable job of coming out in that second half against NC State and, um, you know, really just limiting the mistakes and, and then obviously making a bunch of plays. Yeah, now, Eric, obviously well familiar with the play of offensive line. So I want to ask you about a guy that you've watched, Makai Becton. Everyone has raved about his play. Just the offense line as a whole has been so much more improved. But when you look at Makai and you look at what this offensive line is doing, just what have been your impressions on just how they have performed? And like I said, just been night and day different compared to last year. Yeah, for sure. This is one of the most improved units, maybe in the country, definitely in the conference. And in the job Dwayne Lefford has done coaching them. And then, you know, it, there's not a lot of new bodies there either. It's yeah. not like they had a bunch of people come in that have to transfer TJ McCoy from Florida, but yeah. you know, at times he's just, he's rotated with Cole Bentley who was already there. So beyond that, much of the same cast of characters. Now the offense that they're running right now is pretty no line friendly. It's a lot of play action. If they do throw it on a normal down a distance, it's, um, you know, almost a triple option attack at times with, um, how, how they, they run their run offense. But all those things considered, they've had a great year up front for the cards. And, and, yeah. and the one in particular would be Makai Becton. And the first thing that jumps out to you about Makai is his size, but he can yeah. also move at that size, which makes him a valuable prospect for the NFL. And, you know, I, th- I think he's had a great year. And, and I've been asked about him by a number of guys, guys in the NFL circles, guys around the conference. And my opinion on Makai is, he seemed it seems to have clicked for him in his junior year um you know he's he's playing with more passion he's playing with better technique he's getting his job done on a more consistent basis and to me you know on the on the back side of the run plays for the cards 
a lot of times right now on wide zone, you'll you'll do a cut block as the backside tackle if there's a defensive tackle inside of you and you mm-hmm. gotta try and get in front of them. Well, if you're six foot seven, three hundred, and we'll call it fifty pounds like Makai Becton is, um, you don't like to get down on the ground. It's it's <laughs> not comfortable to throw your weight around and throw your body on the ground and get in somebody's way. But you know what? That's what the coaches are teaching. And you know what I see Makai Becton on doing? throwing his body around like everybody else. And to me, that shows buy-in, that shows improvement, uh, and that shows he cares, and, and that goes a long way. Yeah. And, Eric, I just last before you asked about one other player for Louisville. Um, Javion Hawkins has been kind of un- – he's been unbelievable this year. He's on pace to have the best freshman uh, year of any running back in the program. Um, compared to some of the – I guess the – the other running backs you've seen in the ACC, what, what does Hawkins do that um, allows him to be so successful, you think? You know, he's, he's, he's really done well in the wide zone offense that Dwayne Ledford and Satterfield have put in. And, and the way it works is you kind of stretch the ball laterally and then you make a cut. And you've you got to be decisive with your cut. I've been around running backs that haven't ran that scheme very well. Really good running backs at that, you know, one in particular, Shady McCoy, he's a, he's a much better inside zone run, runner and then more man schemes on the outside, not really the full floor wide zone offense, but J.B. and Hawkins as a redshirt freshman has it down pretty well and he's doing a great job. Um, and to me, that's, that's a great sign for the future of the Cardinal program, uh, having him at running back and just being a freshman. You know, you look around the league and there's tremendous talent at running back. Travis Etienne, uh, at Clemson is phenomenal. His yards per carry over his career are almost comical when you look at them. And, you know, this is a guy that the past couple of years, if he was playing the entire game, every game, if Clemson stunk on defense and they were in a bunch of shootouts, if it, uh, this would probably be offensive to a lot of people, but if it looked more like Big 12 football where, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, they're just up and down the field constantly on yeah. each other, you're talking about probably a Heisman favorite. Yeah. Just based upon his production. Well, he gets pulled. You know, he, he ends a lot of games with 10 to 12 carries, 140 yards, which, you know, you look at his yards and you look at his touchdowns and they're probably, you know, they're not going to win at the Heisman. And then you go back and look at his yards per carry and it's absolutely phenomenal. Cam Akers um, at Florida State is another guy who just jumps out at you that's just a phenomenal football player i mean gosh he's he's thrown some passes this year that maybe looked better than any passes that Florida state quarterbacks have thrown this year um he is a former high school quarterback but there, there is tremendous talent at running back uh in the conference and, and i mean shoot you got two guys at boston college tipping the scales up around 250 yeah both of them really quality running backs in aj Dillon uh, and uh david bailey yeah, so it's been great talking with Eric Wood. Had a great career in Louisville, did great things in the NFL. He's a Hall of Famer and doing great things with the ACC Network. So, Eric, congratulations on your success, and we'll see you at the game on Saturday. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. So we appreciate Eric Wood for being our guest on this week's podcast and a lot of good insights. And, again, it's it's cool when you get to talk to the likes of him and Katie George, people that are familiar with Louisville and – keeping an eye on what's going on with the program and and all of that. So it was good talking to him and, again, look forward to uh, catching up with him at the game on Saturday. So now Syracuse comes to town. You can say Louisville's been the most surprised team of the ACC in a good way. Syracuse has been the most surprised team in a bad way. Yeah, yeah. They've just been bad. Yeah. I mean, after an unbelievable season last year, what, 10 games? It's funny that Dino Baber's Syracuse team 
you could say ended Bobby Petrino's career at Louisville because another blowout at the Carrier Dome and that was the last game Bobby Petrino coached as the head coach of the Cardinals but for some reason, Syracuse, they just haven't been able to put it together. Yeah, you almost wonder if something happened. Yeah. It's all usually th- things don't just like fall apart. Something no. happens, usually happens behind the scenes before things fall apart. And I don't know, it's weird because I covered Dino when he was at BG. Yeah. Um, and his teams score. Like yeah. they just always they score the ball a lot. Um yeah. so so it's it's weird to see them struggle so much, especially offensively. Yeah, I, mean, I remember that. And actually a fun fact, I remember his first game as head coach at Bowling Green. He came to West Bowling Kentucky. Green, Kentucky. Yep. And yep. it was the first game for Jeff Brom. I yep. I remember I was a junior in college, I think, whenever yep. they came he, in. So Eric, BG was fresh off Matt Championship. Yep. They had Matt, Matt Matty J, Matt Johnson. Yeah. He got hurt in that game and they lost that game. So it's it's pretty crazy to think now that Dino's at Syracuse, Jeff Brom is at Purdue, yep. and we're here together in Louisville. It's funny how time flies. Okay. <laughs> but no, so with Syracuse, as inconsistent as up and down they've been, then all of a sudden they just blow out Duke. It was a 41 to 6? Uh, 42 6. Or 42 to 6? Four, no, lied. 49 6. 49 to 6. I mean, just, just keep raising it up. And, I, you know, it just it's weird to figure it out. You know, this is what we expected Syracuse to do throughout the season. But they put it together in one game, so if you're Louisville, you should at least be on alert for that. You know, they don't have a lot of players that have done amazing things. They have a quarterback who has been pretty solid. You know, he doesn't turn the ball over. So that's one thing that that Louisville defense will have to just keep an eye out on. Because well, that's the, I think, and that's the thing with Louisville defense, I don't know how – they have as they have had the problems. They're not a defense that's going to come out and be like, hey, we're forcing you in a three and out. That's just, that's just not what they do. No. They are a bend but don't break defense that yeah. like – is very opportunistic. They got to force turnovers to be good. If yeah. they don't, teams usually score. Yes. Um, or so. like force a team like penalties. Yeah. Like at third and 15 or third and right. 20 and yeah. just, you know, <laughs> you can say play back. Don't right. let them get that 20 yards. Right. They're they're not going to come out. They're not not getting a ton of sacks. They're not no. just going to force you to um, go three and out. So I'd be interested to see how that works. I think DeVito, I think I saw a stat this morning that DeVito has had 10 interception like tight passes, but only five got picked off. So some of that's luck. Right. Um, but I, I do think, yeah, I think you're right. I think they're going to have to find some way to get after him and get have him force some mistakes. Yes. And, again, it's tough. I mean, they of course, everyone loves Louisville's running this 3-4 defense. They like to blitz and do some things out of it. They but have to blitz. Yeah, you have yeah, to. The secondary is bad. Yes, the secondary is bad. But not only that, the three-down linemen, like, they are small. Yeah. They are, you know, they're quick, but they are undersized. You know, you have linebackers that are playing DN. You know, so that's just the makeup of this group. So, yeah, you have to try to find a way to get some pressure on Syracuse and just try to slow down the quarterback because they're coming in with so much confidence after blowing out Duke. And, you know, there's it's a team that I think similarly to NC State, they're probably looking and they look at a team like Louisville and say, okay, we need to try to find a way to win out because Syracuse, like, they're at four wins. So now it's almost like do or die time for them if they want to try to get to a bowl game. So I mean, they're not going to a bowl game. They got bowl well, yeah, because they only got what? Well, they got two games left, but they got, they're not they're not going to beat Wake Forest at home. At Wake. Like at ten the season, true. But at the same time, you still got to try to sell that. Yeah, it's true. like, hey, you got to try to win these last two. But Wake Forest, I mean, they were just dominated by Clemson, which Clemson's I mean, done Clemson. it to everybody. Yeah. But and again, Wake Forest has been wishy washy at times too. But again, if you're a coach, you're going to sell your guys on that. Two more wins, and hey, you're going to try to get to a bowl game. So it just again, it's going to be an interesting matchup. And 
Louisville, they just got to come out. They just got to come out and be ready to play. It's quite frankly, you got 26 seniors. Nah. Try to go out with a bang before you go to Lexington. Yeah, the camp at Louisville is basically the same as it was against the state. It's just itself. I don't think Syracuse is good enough to beat them. Right. Um, their defense is piss poor. This piss poor. They don't. They ran the ball well against Duke, but they don't normally run the ball well. Tommy DeVito hasn't had a great. They're just not good. No. Um. Other than that Duke game, which is like mind boggling. Yeah. Um. So I think if Louisville just comes out and doesn't turn the ball over, I I think if they just can, if they can stop these penalties um, that they had in the first half against NC State and the whole game against Miami, if they, I think they'll be fine. They need to play a second game similar to what they did in the second half against NC State. You can yeah. give up yards, but, but you got to score. Um, and I think if they get some big plays, I don't think Syracuse. I think it's just it's a similar year to what Louisville was going going through. I think if they if they get up on Syracuse, I don't think they have enough to combat that and fight back. Right. So before we make picks and wrap up the podcast, I'm gonna just get your thoughts. We we touched on it throughout the season but now that it is down to the final two games with Syracuse and Kentucky what are your thoughts like have they changed you know you've always pretty been consistent about them beating Syracuse but everyone's yeah, curious to be Syracuse beginning of the year yeah everybody well, no, I didn't I didn't did that's a lie well at least through the halfway yeah. point of the season you yeah. did but everybody they're asking about Kentucky people almost overlooking not the players but yeah. people in the outside where they're already looking overlooking Syracuse and they're curious about Kentucky so I mean, what are your thoughts on these last two I games? I have to see how they do against Syracuse. I Until the NC State game, my thoughts was like Louisville can beat Kentucky. I think it's going to be a close game regardless next yeah. weekend. Um, I, I think the way both teams play, it's the Kentucky's defense is probably going to be the best defense Louisville's played since Virginia. Um, and they, they just, they're really, really good. And I think I just don't know how to judge Lynn Bowden and the Kentucky offense. Like, they're going to run the ball. You have to know they're going to run the ball. But Louisville didn't stop a run at all against NC State really well in the first half. They can tackle well. And as NC State can run it down your throat, I believe Kentucky can run it down your throat. Um, so I don't know. I, I, all season I thought like Louisville could win that game. Um, after the first half against NC State and that Miami game, I kind of switched back a little bit. I think it would be a close game. I don't know. Kind of like for me, they're even right now. Um, I think Kentucky dominates UT Martin. But yeah. depending on how Louisville does against Syracuse, I think that'll kind of decide my prediction. But I, it's it's hard to tell right now. I think they're both two pretty even, evenly matched teams. Yes, very hard. But regardless, with that said, it's time for a pick. So you do think Louisville's getting that seventh win? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I do. I don't, I'm not too worried about Syracuse blowing out Duke. I don't think Duke's that great anyway. No. Um, I think I think Louisville wins pretty handily. I think it'll be similar to NC State game. Um, I think they'll probably win. I'll say 35-21. Yeah, I think it was a two touchdowns. I think that's fair. I think the line is nine. No. Yes, nine. I think Louisville's a nine-point favorite, so I think they cover. That's fair. Something tells me that Louisville's going to just go nuts in this game. I don't know why, but the offense has been fine. Like I said, there's been penalties, but the false that's starts. That's the offensive line's penalties have to be fixed. But they've been, in terms of scoring points, that like that hasn't been much of a problem. They've still managed to score. I mean, yeah, Miami, that was kind of a weird game. Uh, some other games for, but again, I, something tells me that Louisville's just gonna do something pretty impressive. So give me a a forty-one to seventeen win for Louisville. I just have feeling, especially because it is Senior Day, and you know Louisville wants to go out with a bang and have some confidence and momentum, and they're feeling really, really good right now. And I think they'll be able to play more loose now than they have been these past two games because of the pressure of trying to get that sixth win, that bowl eligibility. They got yeah. that now. Yeah. Satterfield can tell a guy, look, you got the bowl win, just go play football. 
And they're like I said, they've gotten better at times, and I think it's just going to come together, and they're going to explode in this game. So I got the Cardinals winning big. Yeah, I think the lines dropped to eight or eight and a half a little bit, but still, I think Louisville covers. Yeah. So again, we're both predicting Louisville win, seventh win. Again, something that would have been like unheard of if you told me that in the preseason, but that has been the case for this Louisville football team. So Cameron, ready to roll? Yeah. We thank you all for listening to this week's Cards HQ Louisville Sports Insiders podcast. Big thanks to Eric Wood for being our guest. Be sure to subscribe on the Apple podcast, follow along on our website and on SoundCloud. So be sure to follow at CJ underscore T at Real D Yates on Twitter. We'll have plenty of coverage for Louisville football these next three games because the bowl game is guaranteed and looking forward to seeing what happens for the rest of this season. So we thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week.